taking a swim. Hey now. It's Friday night. It's Friday night. It's August 11th, 2023. We've had a really, really interesting week. And now we're going to put a little bow on it. Going to be a little bit of chilling in the first half tonight. We've got a great guest coming back. I love bringing him on just to check in with him every couple of months. And uh, he's always so gracious to give us a little bit of his time. Tony Black, a throwback. A throwback to a uh, nearly extinct world. And we're going to... He wants to tell us a story. He said, Frankie, I want to come when I come on your show for the next time. I want to tell you the story about the hat. The hat. I said, okay, you got it. And I'll find other things for us to talk about. So in the first half, Tony Black is going to be hanging out with us, and we're going to be talking about the hat and other things. I've got other things lined up here. And then uh, Matt is here as well. Matt, how you doing? Hello, Francis. Matt is going to be here for the entirety of the show, but once Tony and my mother depart around the intermission, then it's going to be Matt and I for the last hour, and we've got tons of we've got tons of interesting things to do. Tons of it. Hey, Matt, you know what I saw that was uh, that was getting around? It was somewhere um, the 110 Rules for Civility and Good Manners by George Washington. That's been getting shared around in digital forms. Hey. I got the book right over here. We go into this all the time. People should heed, heed it. We've been heeding all the things that he said in there for a long time now. In fact, we have to finish it. I think we're around like rule number 85 or something. In fact, in fact, let's do it right now. Rules for civility and decent behavior. We stopped. I've got my, uh, my husband's daily prayer card over here. This is my grandfather's. Ten rules for a happy and successful husband. Uh, you said that real quick. I'm like, you're like, I have my husband's card. I'm like, finally. Yeah, it's a husband card. Oh, yeah, the husband card finally came in, came in through all these years. Here, listen, ready? Number 80. Be not tedious in discourse or in reading unless you find the company pleased therewith. Okay? So, um, just shut up. Yeah. Yeah, don't. Everything really don't comes do down to comes down to shut up and give preference to the best people in the room. Yes, speak when spoken to, and bow very low to very the ground. Low. Very low, very low. The elite. Matt, you know how to bow. You 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 bowed very very distinguished like I'm practicing for when I go to heaven and when I actually see George Washington and in, in, in Jesus I can't wait to go to heaven to see George Washington uh, here's number 81 George Washington be not curious to know the affairs of others neither approach those that speak in private okay so don't pry into people's private lives don't pry for information things that have not been offered to you you know, mind don't your own business. Mind your own. Yeah. See, it's just uh, this is uh, we, nobody in the 21st century would survive under George Washington's rule. 82. Undertake not what you cannot perform, but careful to keep your promise. So he's talking about over, under promise, over deliver. That's what we're always told. Do what you know you can. In fact, do what you know you can surprise people with to add more value to what they added. Uh, don't be like everybody else that just says, hey, I can do that, and then you just fall flat on your ass. Here's another one, 83. 
When you deliver a matter, do it with passion and with discretion. However, however mean the person you do it to. So. Just, you know, be nice even when you got to be mean. Oh, he's, right. just, he's just saying whatever you do, do with sufficient amount of enthusiasm and care. Uh, even if the person you're doing it for, you don't, uh, you don't necessarily like. Just always take care. Just always take care. All right. Anyway, we have, uh, we have a little bit more to do tonight. We'll be hanging out. Got good company in the studio. And, um, and then in the second half, a bunch of random things, peculiar headlines, audience submissions, and more. To get us primed for the weekend and hopefully a couple of calls as well. Um, next week is going to be great. We got Timothy Alberino coming in. Oh, I have a Timothy. Uh, Matt, I've got a Timothy Alberino clip tonight that is going to make you just say, I knew it. Yep, he's the cat. I'm not, I'm not a cat. Well, this does not dispel any of the suspicion that has now built up around you. I'm not a cat. But you should, you, you got to hear this. But Timothy will be on with me on Tuesday for a very short crash course. In this uh, this Peru situation, the the so the alien gun gunfights has been going on down there. Um, alleged, alleged alien gun battles. It might be going on. Could be. You've seen those videos I've sent you last couple of days. Oh, <laughs> Matt, uh, you know when you know when if you've probably seen these videos where people stays like. They'll, they'll get all their friends, and they'll all start. Somebody will be filming all of them, like, huddled in a group in the street, looking up at the sky, being completely shocked, uh, falling over themselves, pointing at a cloud, and they, they pan up to the cloud. And in the clouds, you can see that superimposed into the clouds is this outline of what looks to be the very stoic figure, silhouette of Jesus Christ. And it's supposed to be, oh, my, he's, it's the second coming. He, it's a sign. And, you know, they always look so fake. But Matt sends them, like, once a morning now and goes, this just happened. This is real. (laughs) (laughs) Can you send me a a link to the... I have a whole bunch of, like, series of texts. I have that. Then I have the, uh, have you guys heard? In the, yo, I just saw Tim Pool uh, text series. Oh, yeah. The the, the Tim Pool texts, those are fantastic. (laughs) I only do it because I like them. Because, you know, and it's definitely would be the last thing that would... Oh, here it is. Hold on a second. Wait a second. Wait, I gotta like this on YouTube. And now let me go on YouTube and see if I can pull it up. Hold on. You guys gotta see this. It's real. For, just, <laughs> just remember that. Hold on. I'm trying to get all this out here. Where are my liked, liked videos? There it is. Uh, okay. This is good for... Oh, this was on Good Friday. Why didn't you tell me? This was in Porchester. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> Porchester. All right, everybody, look. This is real right here. This was Good Friday. Incredible what happened. And, uh, an event in the sky. I love how he's just. When, I love how he's just standing there too. Like he didn't even move his arm. You think that Jesus would at least <laughs> say hi? He's just standing there, so uh, so stoic, won't even move, as if this is enough. They'll understand what I'm trying to say. All right, he was just so friendly in life. 
his uh, his time on Earth, I should say. Anyway, I love waking up to those. Matt, did you hear about this? The CIA, according to TikTokers, they're just finding everything out for the first time now, uh, has a secret method to make pain go away. Oh, the government. Yeah, I believe it because they're also they stopped. Uh, they're going to stop the climate changing and the war on drugs and everything else. A declassified document from 1977 has, has a creepy warning on the first page. TikTok users are convinced that the CIA cheat code from a 1977 declassified document is able to make your pain disappear. Well, they know how to disassociate. Uh, these are all... It's probably connected to um, uh, torture techniques and how to survive torture without giving up secrets. The special method was developed by the Monroe Institute. Oh, well, there they go. As a part of the CIA's gateway program, this was a type of training with the aim of changing states of consciousness and to lead to a gateway into different modes of perception. The Gateway Intermediate Workbook writes that to reduce pain, you should close your eyes and then visualize a part of your body that is in discomfort. The method requires you to look at the area of your body in question. After this, you should then repeat the number 55515 in your head. What? They want you to close your eyes and visualize the part of your body that is in discomfort. Okay. Okay? Do it right now. My back is always hurting, so I'll try it on my back. Think about it right now. Okay? Think about your lower back or your mid-back, your whole back. The method requires you look at the area of your body in question. Wait, wait, wait. Visualize or actually look at it now? I I can't look at my back. You need some mirrors. My eyes closed and I need a mirror all right, I'll try it. What's the number I have to say? After this, you should repeat the number 55515 in your head. I- I'm not going to do that because that might open up some type of, like, gate for some demon or something. Not that I'm afraid of demon. I want to fight a demon, but I don't, I don't trust the government telling me to do it. <laughs> the bizarre technique is placed in the section of the workbook summarizing a list of daily tools, which it says are for use in your physical walking life. But TikTokers have been left flabbergasted, yes, because they're seven years old, by the seemingly no-frills method, which they claim works. TikToker Stephanie, who experiences chronic back pain, listen to this, as a result of a car accident, told her following of nearly half a million, quote, one of their techniques for their daily life I tried and it worked and it freaked me out. In the short clip, which has over 6 million views, she stated the document was utilized to, quote, interact with non-physical energies, which, according to her, was fundamental in the CIA's Project Stargate research. I can take this to several people right now and ask them what they think. But Stephanie isn't the only one who has been left baffled by the technique. One user commented, quote, okay, I'm freaking out. I have lower back pain, and the pain went away. She better watch out. There's going to be like, you know... A demon in her back. Well, no, the, the, the chiropractors and all these other doctors, they're going to come after her. All you got to do is chant the fucking number with your eyes closed and bam, that's it. All your fucking body pain that you had your entire life is healed. You know what's going to happen? If, uh, if, if any of these people had a steady chiropractor and they all of a sudden they don't start showing up, I bet you any money the chiropractors go and actually hit them, like beat them with a bat. <laughs> Like, try to injure them again. Nah, they're probably like, fuck. They learned about the chant. They learned about <laughs> it. They learned the chant. They learned the, they learned the code. 
Oh gosh! But I did you hear that they also were talking about uh, some companies already signing on to it, like I think Burger King or whatever. But they're they figured out a way to instead of you having dreams, they can get into your mind and roll like commercials, advertisement uh, through your head. Did you hear about that? Uh, I mean, I believe it. I can believe I I can believe that that kind of project. There's been lots of technology that's been able to actually broadcast voices. Um, implant and transmit memories things like that it would make sense that of course advertising and marketing people would have this technology within their grasp and that they're actually going to just implant like pop-ups internet pop-ups in people's brains they're they're sadistic they're crazy and bill hicks said everything you need to know about marketing people um anyway Here's another one, Matt. Yes, that's right. It never ends with the sharks. This is Rockaway Beach. It's been a Beach. crazy summer, man. I know. Rockaway Beach, shark attack. Victim lost 20 pounds of flesh. What? Jesus. Yo, if you lose 20 pounds of flesh in, in a shark attack and you're still alive, you are probably going to die of a heart attack in a couple years anyway because that sounds like you're obese. A woman bitten by a shark while swimming alone at Rockaway Beach is believed to have lost approximately 20 pounds of flesh in the rare attack. Believed to be the waterfront's first since 1953, sources told The Post on Tuesday. Tatiana Koltunyuk, 65 years old, was attacked off the shore near Beach 59th Street shortly before 6 p.m. on Monday, losing a large chunk of her left leg according, uh, above the knee. Uh, to the shark, according to sources, and a photo of her injury. Lifeguards spotted her screaming for help in the water and pulled her to shore where she was given first aid. The tourniquet was also applied to her leg to help stem the bleeding before first responders arrived. Obviously, that shark took a lot with him, but he did not clip that femoral artery or she would have been dead in 30 seconds. Uh, the teeth marks on the victim's leg wound indicated that she may have been bitten by a bull or a thresher shark. Though the possibility of a great white encounter could not be ruled out, a source familiar with the incident said she does not look obese, Matt. That's her? That's her. If it was a great white, her leg would have been gone. She's not, uh... Oh, that's not that bad. <laughs> Come on now already. Get over it. Walk it off. Walk it off. The hell do you want? What, you want an egg in your beer? Let's see. Um, it's definitely a shark bite, Dr. Gavin Naylor. The program director at the Florida Program for Shark Research told the, uh, the Post after seeing an image of the victim's wound. Looks as though it was a fairly clean single bite with some force. You can see the spacing between the teeth. He continued while noting that he, uh, he would need to see the other side of the woman's leg to narrow the species down. So, damn, that is one hell of a... That's one hell of a turn for your day to take. And I'm glad that she, uh, it, you know, still has two legs. 20 pounds in a leg. Yeah. For that old lady? Well, in, I mean, our legs are substantial part of our weight. Yeah, but her leg ain't weighing 20 pounds. The whole thing probably doesn't even weigh 20 pounds, her leg. Perhaps it was what was lost when all was said and done. Because, yeah, you know, they probably had to cut away from the wound a little bit too uh then cauterize what do they cauterize it see see i don't know what the hell they're yeah, gonna they, do they uh, put a hot iron on it and sear it shut anyway i have one over here from oddity central take a listen to this matt headline japanese company launches vertical pods that let you sleep standing up 
You can sleep standing up in these vertical pods. Like the cone heads. You know what's funny about this? The reason why I took this is that when, it, around 1991, 1992, I was in first or second grade. We went to Toronto, Canada for, um, for a wedding for one of my cousins. First time I left the country. And we went to the, the hotel in Toronto and whatever. And I remember going to my, un- my aunt and uncle, my, my uncle Rob. I remember going to the room where he and my aunt and a few other people were, were, were hanging out in. And I walked in there. I was like, you know, six or seven. And I saw this cot, this like this foldable bed that was folded up and put up against the wall. So there's pretty much a mattress standing up against the wall. And... Um, and I asked about it, you know, six years old. Wow, what, whose bed was this? And my uncle told me back then, oh, I slept in that bed. I, I, I actually slept in it standing up. And Matt, Matt, for, for, for at least five to seven years after that, I, I, I believe that. And I, I, I was like, whoa, how do you, I, I didn't even know how do you do that. Are you strapped down? But he just delivered things so deadpan. <laughs> I, this, is how, this is how you start learning humor. Uh, you just become the... You become the test subject for a while. Here's another one for you, though. Headline, woman suffers fatal water intoxication after drinking two liters in 20 minutes. She dies. Two liters. Two liters. That's two Pepsi, like... Yeah. No, one, one Pepsi. One two-liter. Okay. The big bottle. She drank one of those in... Th- of water? Of water in 20 minutes, and she died. Oh, well, yeah. I think that's a thing. Oh, I know. It can't can be. I didn't know that that little can do it. Oh, yeah. Um, a 35-year-old American woman tragically lost her life while vacationing with her family after drinking two liters of water in a very short time and suffering severe brain inflammation. Ashley Summers was celebrating the 4th of July with her family on Lake Freeman in Indiana when she started feeling really dehydrated because of the hot weather. She eventually got a bad headache and she was drinking a lot of water. She ended up consuming four 16-ounce bottles of water in 20 minutes. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I- I drink more water than that when I'm working. I guess tw- I, I guess when you put it that way, that is a lot of water in 20 minutes. And although, you know, if she had put a little bit of sea salt in the first 16-ounce bottle, waited a little while, then had the second one maybe a half hour or more later, I think she'd be a lot better off because, you know, it's the, the, the minerals, the electrolytes in the sea salt, that is what, um, that's where it's really at. Although she didn't experience any serious symptoms at the time, she later collapsed inside of the garage of her home and never regained consciousness. Doctors told her shocked family that Summers had suffered severe brain inflammation after drinking too much water in a very short period of time. So pace yourself, ladies and gentlemen. That's terrible. That's just coming our way right now. All right. It's 7.14. I'm going to start this one off. I'm going to go grab our guests of honor, get them in the seats over there in this nice air-conditioned room. And a lot, a lot of people uh, like that little sales pitch to King Randall last night. Come up to New York. I have an air-conditioned st- studio. Um, that's like when Anthony was back in, like, you remember? Did you ever see that clip years ago? Which one? When we were still doing our our show in if our like, bedroom. you see when one of these like if you like it's oh, no, years no, before no. that this is probably around 2008 we had made all these prototype zadalza t-shirts and we wanted to give some away and we had a nice little nice little group of followers and and people who watched the show and and you know king was in that audience and things like that the real og audience and i i have this clip somewhere 
Anthony was thought we wanted to give away some shirts, but many of them were shirts that we had already worn before. So we washed them and all that stuff, and we prepared to, to send them out there. And I remember Anthony uh, talking about this this one we made in you know summer of 2007. It uh, you know it smells like fresh detergent. It just it's it's clean. It's like that's great. So come. Come to our air-conditioned studio. We'll give you a pre-worn shirt. Smells like fresh detergent. Nothing to worry about. And we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! gentlemen welcome back to the show hold on what's going on too loud it's too loud how about now here try now hello is it just my voice now you hear me tony maybe a little lower a little lower with my voice what about this is it gone is down now is it down hold on remember you can't how about this one is it down (laughs) down is it down you hear him? Do you no, hear I, me? I hear him. I hear him. Not so loud. Okay, Is, is, it, is it lower? Is it off? No, it's high. Okay, hold on. It's high. How about now? Is it a little bit lower? That's better. Oh, it is? Okay, so that was you. Oh, boy. I'm happy that got out of the way. Tony Black is back. Tony, I'm glad yes. that... I'm sorry that we were, I was blowing your ears out there, huh? No. But it's all good? And... and, and <laughs> And next to Tony is my mom. What's going on, Mom? Nothing much. How's it going? It's going. It's going nice. Hi, guys. I got to say, you and Tony look uh, darker than I've ever seen you. Uh, Tony, definitely. Tony looks absolutely just charred. You look, you look charred. This is, this is, how, and this is part of the reason why you got your name, Tony Black. No. Uh, well, this is my Sicilian blood, you know. Yes. Well, th- you know what? There's a lot of people who haven't seen you before. Tell everybody the story of how you got the name Tony Black. Uh, okay, I was about five years old. 
my uh, sister-in-law's brother owned a candy store. I was born and raised in East Harlem on 120th Street between First and Pleasant Avenue. Okay. So my mother gave me a nickel to buy a melarone. That's an ice cream. It was a roll with a cone. So I went into the candy store and I ordered, I said, I want a melarone. So the fella, he took the paper off. The, the melarone was a... The ice cream was about this big, you know? Mm-hmm. So he took the paper off, he puts it in the cone, and he hands it to me. As he hands it to me, he says, here you are, Tony Black. And I looked at him. <laughs> I was five years old. I looked at him. I says, take it and shove it up your ass. And I ran out. <laughs> Don't you dare call me Tony Black. <laughs> so now here's the thing. How many people were in the, uh, the, how did the word get out to all of your friends, to everybody that called you Tony Black from there, and how'd the word get out? They all got to know me in school, I used to live right next door, next door to the school, PS80. Uh, the kids, they started to call me Tony Black. Uh, they, I went in the army, they were calling me Tony Black. Okay? And the name stuck. So what and are you going to do? Now, I know that you are one of ten siblings. That's right, I'm the last. They're all gone. They're waiting for me. They're waiting for you. <laughs> they, every time you come on, every time you come on, you remind us that they're all waiting for you. That's right. We, was, sure. we were seven brothers and three sisters, and I was the youngest. And now all of your brothers... All of them served in World War II, right? Yes. And you you were in the Army during the Korean War, but you never deployed. I was in Fort Dix. My other brother, Charlie, God bless him, he was stationed. Uh, we, we were too, too young for World War II, but when it came to the Korean War, and my brother Charlie was stationed in Iceland. Mm-hmm. So he put his time there, and he passed away. And you still have an adopted uh, an adopted brother who's 100 years old in Long That's Island. That's right. Well, uh, this is my brother. I call him my brother, Benny. There was two Bennys. My brother and this fellow here, I call him my brother, Benny. He was, uh, I got to tell this story. Mary Ann knows it. Uh, when he went into service, they went on patrol. And one guy steps on the landmine. They all go up. He's alive. He got a hole in it like this in his thigh. Got shrapnel in his wrist, shrapnel in his lip, but he was alive. Mm. He woke up in an uh, army hospital in England, I think. But now we didn't get a telegram. We got a letter from somebody saying that he was, from the priest, I'm sorry, from the priest that he was wounded. And my cousin, she was born here, but went to Italy, then came back and lived with my grandmother and this fella. So this one fucking day, she come over the house, and she saw everybody crying, you know. And she Everybody's she, crying because they got the letter from the chaplain? Yes, that okay. he was wounded. That he was wounded, okay. So now she come over, and she saw everybody, which, you know, like crying. And when she heard about it, she says, that's why I'm here. She dreamt of my grandmother, which was her aunt, and my grandfather was still alive living with us. She says, that's why I'm here. She says, I'm here to tell you that I dreamt of Nanda, we called, you know, my grandmother, yeah. which was her aunt, to come here and to tell you people, this is no time to cry for Benny. And God bless him, he's 100 years old. That's it, all these years later. So now you're going to tell me there's no God? I'll, I'm, who, got, who got in touch with her? She had a dream, my grandmother went to her. There's something incredible about that dream world. Well, There's something I'm, incredible about us, about the, the, our connection, yes. Faggy, this is the truth. I don't bullshit. This is it. This is what happened. She come over and she saw everybody crying. 
And she says, that's why I'm here. Have you ever had any, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's a story that's probably famous in your family. What about you? Do you, do you have any, any dreams that, you know, really uh, shake you up sometimes that you think that you, you really feel like you, no. you got a message or somebody came to visit you? No. You never had anything like that happen no. to you? No, no. No? I, not that I can remember, to be honest with you, but, but this, was, this is what happened with my with, with, with this with Benny. Br- brother Benny. Yeah. I had this two Bennys, my real brother and this fella. And wow. the other Benny, he was the first one on the block to get drafted in 1941. He was supposed to go in for do the year. This is before the war. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to come home, and my other brothers were supposed to go. But he ended up doing four and a half years. He saw 200. 85 consecutive days of combat and uh, he got the bronze star with a cluster wow where was he where was he uh, deployed was he in europe or was he in, in, in the pacific no he was in europe okay the, the two of them my brother joe was with the 15th air force and uh, this other benny that uh, got, uh, stepped on the landmine he was with the fourth ivy division but god bless him they came home so can't complain for and, li- and life went on. That's right. Well, let me ask you this. Now, in, in modern day, I, uh, I know everybody's very concerned about your hernia. We oh. talked about, uh, we know that you had a hernia. Thank God everything was fine. I had surgery and everything turned out fine. Why did they take so long to get this thing out of you? That was my fault. What that the hell's wrong with you? What, what were you? Th- I, I, that was my fault. Then I said to myself, I can't take it no more. He was afraid go. he's going to miss a day at the beach. That's what he was really? Of. It was about the beach. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine if that was your reasoning, I would believe it. Yeah. But so why would you delay if you had these all these I, pains? I, I don't know. I just kept. Uh, then I said, "No, it's time to go. That's it." No, it is. When, once time. you you feel that pain, then you feel okay. You like, all right. It's better now. Oh. So then when I said, "No, this is it. Let me do it," I went. Thank God, it was, everything turned out all right. Snip, snip. Everything's coming out all right too. Yeah, everything. Okay, good, good. My gosh, look, Matt! Look how dark he is. Yeah, I know he's really dark. You gotta leave some tan for the rest of us, you know. It looks like somebody got a brown paintbrush and just went. Shh. And I got news for you: I don't put nothing on. Well, good. good <laughs> yeah, you. That's that's yeah. I don't. I never use sunscreen either. Either you're gonna be young. Hey, you know what? I used to love, and I still do. I just love the tanning oils. I love that little brown amber bottle of Hawaiian tropic, s- tropic tanning oil that smell like coconut. That that's the smell I'll always relate to summer as, as a child. And everybody is l- lubed up with that crap. <laughs> it does not block anything out. In fact, it, it attracts it. I, I I just love the smell of that stuff. They smell the oil. They have the oil now. That's uh, fifty. You know, sunscreen. Yeah. And it's oil. Oh, so it's a little bit of something. Just a little something in there. Frankly, I never put nothing on. She could tell you. In your whole life? What about never at any point? And never had, you never had, like, skin cancer, nothing? Thank God, no. Yeah, thank God. No, no. I never put nothing, she could tell you, I don't put nothing on. Well, that's what they tell us all the time. You're going to get skin cancer if you don't go out there with a, uh, you know, with a primer paint on your your arms. No, the sun's good for you. You're even supposed to look directly into the sun. (laughs) No, no. It's good for your eyes. No way. Absolutely it's it's good. No, it's true. It's actually, there's, there's more to that. They say that a little bit of contact, a little bit of daily contact with the sun uh, in your eyeballs actually triggers your body to create, to produce, what is it, more, uh, it actually it actually stimulates your skin to better receive the sun. Uh, you'll actually be sunburned less if you give your eyes just a little bit of sun 
a little bit of sun to get to your your uh, your your retinas and all that good stuff. Oh, it's so fucked. That's I what got, I've been told. I never had no trouble with it, and I sit in the sun all the time. Hey, Tony, yeah. and I know Mom. I mean, you guys are. When it comes to the beach, I know you guys are all seeing the same things. I heard that at Playland Beach, we saw the picture that there was a gigantic, a gigantic. Um, Rubber duck. <laughs> Look at this thing. Hold on a second. Get. Um, it was th- on Playland Beach. This is a gigantic rubber. They said is the biggest rubber duck, rubber ducky in the world, the largest in the world. Comes to Rye Playland. You can see it. It is bigger than all the Art Deco. Uh, Look at that. Uh, board. You didn't see this. Tony didn't see this. No. 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 Oh, this is the first time. You see all those little things at the base of it? Those are people. Yeah. This thing's yeah. huge. Look at that. I saw it from Forest Avenue. I didn't even go down and see it myself. No, I never seen this. I didn't see this one. Yeah. I didn't see it, no. What, uh, where, where were you? Was this when you were recovering from your hernia? I don't know. No. This was just like last week or something. No, I haven't no, seen it. it had to be a Two couple. Two weeks ago? A few. A few weeks. This was... This I would, was I would, if I would have saw it, I would have remembered. This I is July 28th. Well, you didn't go down Playland Beach. No. Anyway. You can't see it from Oakland. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I have a story over here I want to get you guys' opinions on. Uh, Matt and I, we were just doing a little bit of odd news from around the world before we started the show off. And here's one, since we were talking about mellow rolls and ice cream and all that, I think this would be really good. Here's a headline. It says, Israeli restaurant serves chocolate ice cream in the most disgusting way possible. Listen to this. Ready? Gordo's, a popular restaurant in Israel has been getting a lot of attention online because of its latest dessert, a real toilet bowl full of chocolate ice cream. Oh, I God. Don't, they say, I don't care. Oh, come on. I don't care how much you like chocolate ice cream. You can't tell me that you don't find Third House of Shit, the controversial... Oh, God. That's what it's called. It's called Third House of Shit. It's a dessert available at Gordo's. Uh, just a little off-putting. Don't get, they said this... Um, the, the, the smeared toilet bowl, they smear it, first of all, with chocolate ice cream. And, uh, and then they, they pile it up as, as you would pile up crap. Oh, they're sick. They, aren't they? <laughs> they got to be sick. Oh, they're little cups like toilet bowls. No, that looks like a pretty big toilet bowl I right think it's there. a cup. It's a, it, he, so he's using two hands to bring the toilet bowl around. Um, uh, it, let's see here. Uh, it's unclear whether Gordo's was going hard for controversy. Percy, or if the brilliant minds that came up with the name, the name, were trying to be edgy, but no one, one thing is for sure, they made a lot of people angry. So a lot of people don't like this. Look at that. Oh, yeah. God. Hold on. That is horrible. Get that, Look. Get that oh, off. Get. Look. That's disgusting. Get that off. He brings wow. that to me. Oh, get out. I don't want to watch that. You're right. You're right. This is just <laughs> absolutely I gross. Puke. I'm just, this, this is horrible. <sighs> now, i tell you one thing, Tony. Uh, if this was the only way to get to ice cream, you best believe my mom will do it. <laughs> I, she, may, she may say that this is disgusting right now, but if it was the only way, I would come home. I would come home at night at some point and find her whole head <laughs> inside of this thing, try to get the last bits no. out. Are you for real? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Take it. Keep her away from it long enough, and she'll start saying, "You know, it's just a bowl." <laughs> oh God! Anyway, don't make me puke. <laughs> Anyhow, Matt, Matt, you like ice cream, right? 
Oh, yeah, I love Carvel. Carvel. Well, that's like that's well, the, that's the bottom of the bowl. I tell you, I tell you about the Muller Rose. <laughs> what can I tell you? Martha's Dandy. I never had I never had uh, Mellow Roll before. Well, I don't even know if they have them anymore. Yeah, they do. Hold on. Yeah, I think how do you spell it? How do you spell Friendly's it? Friendly's Forbidden Chocolate. What's that? That's your butt's what you like? Oh my god. Well, Martha's Dandy and Lake George, you get an ice cream cone. It's like this big. Oh yeah. It's huge. Yeah. I always get candy. it and I never can finish it. What what uh, flavor do you go for? I get vanilla. I'll either get like chocolate sprinkles and peanuts on it. It depends. Either uh, or that or I'll get a coffee milkshake. Coffee. Yeah, I like co- I love I like. coffee milkshake. Uh, Tony, if you go for ice cream flavor, what are you going for? If I go to an ice cream I, place? I, if you want, yeah. Vanilla ice cream, chocolate ice cream. I, I, I like ice cream. But, strawberry, whatever. So, you, so you'll go for vanilla first? Uh, not necessarily. It would be strawberries. What about a, what about like a specialty blend, like a Rocky Road? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like we buy the, Just as long as it's not in a toilet bowl. <laughs> as long as it's not. Now hold on. How do you spell Mellow Roll? M E L L O. M E L, right? Okay. Dash. R O L L. Mellow. Pretty sure I've seen Mel-O-Roll. those before. Mellow. They, they might have a Mellow. It's been a long time. I, I, I think they. I was still a kid. Them. We used to have them in the candy store by them. Let me see here. Mellow Roll. I don't Mellow see. Roll. I don't. I don't. What the hell? I don't see. It might be called something different now. Mellow. Let's see. It used to come in. It was about this big. See it? Look. About that big. It was paper rotted. And they used to give you the cone. You oh, wait. take the paper off and put it in the cone and that was it. I think I found it. I think I found it. Are these, uh... No. Mellow Roll ice cream. They're just rolled up little tubes. Yeah. History and welcome back, Connor. Oh, this doesn't make sense. He said, yeah, they are rolled up tubes. Hold on, look at this. Is that it? That's it. That's it. Oh, no, wow. That's it. Yeah. So it's a... Mellow Hey, it, it says com- it. Mellow it, com- it comes with the cone like that, huh? Uh, no, it comes separate. Okay. In other words, they have the ice cream, then they get the cone, they put it. That's it. Okay. So you get a you get a a, a cylindrical, pe- a, a, a cylindrical piece of ice cream. It just slips right into that that cone. That's right. And there you go. That's it. I'll be damned. Is that Look the first that. time you've seen that in a while? They yeah. still sell those? Yeah. I don't know. It's just Mellow Roll's history and welcome back Cotter memory up your nose. This is from somebody's Pinterest account. It's got to be out there somewhere. This looks like a... a That's like a, it, Frankie. That's it. Well, I have to try to find these. You have to, try, you have, to have one again. It'll take you right back. <laughs> I'll look for these. We'll see. We'll see what the hell we can do about that. Um, yeah. All right. Let me see, uh, Tony. What are some of your earliest memories about Playland itself? Because we were doing this uh, not too long ago. I had all of these videos that I found of Playland, Rye Playland, in the 1930s and 50s and beyond, and it's really well, interesting. And I want—I know that you're from—you're you're from Manhattan, and it took you till the 50s to get out, well, right? Well, uh, I'm from from Manhattan. Then I went up to the Bronx. Uh, near, uh, I lived on Virginia Avenue in the Bronx, near the near the Parkchester train station, yeah. right up the block. Uh, 
don't think Playland, you went to Playland much. Playland, one night, I, the first time I went there, I was going out with this girl, and we went into the roller coaster. <laughs> I was scared shit. You, roller coasters scare you? <laughs> I never went on one, you know. <laughs> now, so, and the dragon coaster is the most boring coaster around. It's and I got news for you. That was the first and last time I ever went on that ride. <laughs> Wait that a second. Wow. So it, when was that? Around the 1950s? Uh, Late 40s? No, I'll tell you right away. Wait, wait. Just a minute. Had to be in the... I come out of the Army 50. It was in the 50s. Early? It was in the 50s. So the first roller coaster you ever went on was the Dragon Coaster. I was scared. And the last. I was and scared. that's the last time you've been on a roller coaster? I, I wouldn't go no more. That's it. I didn't go no more. Wow. Never did. Coney Island, I went on the airplanes. You know the planes that are going around? My mom would just go on over and over again. <laughs> I know. She did, yeah. I couldn't do it. But I then again, she doesn't like roller coasters that go upside down. No. I so couldn't do it. So there's only so as far as wood. You ever went on that other wooden roller coaster in Lake Compounds? And no. I, went, I know what you're talking about, Boulder Dash. I didn't go on Boulder Dash, but there was two of them. I went on the white one. There was a white one before Boulder Dash. Oh. I think you went on Boulder Dash. Yeah. I didn't. Anyway, that's the... Uh, I wasn't too crazy about those rides. I couldn't take it. Summer memories. Summer memories. That's that's what I was, I was looking for. You want to take a look at this, though? Take, watch this. Uh, Tony, this is... This is the 1930s. I know that you were just... You were born in the 30s. 1930, I was born, period. 1930, period. Okay, so this is probably, you know, you're probably, a, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old. Who knows? But look at this. This is Playland on the Long Island Sound in the 30s. There's, oh, the, the, yeah, they have the ice skating going on there. Because it opened up in 1929. So the whole place was very, very new at that point. And uh, look at this. They got a damn Zeppelin coming in there, the airship. Probably the Hindenburg before it went uh, up in flames. But don't laugh. I remember 1937. Oh, it's it, Goodyear. It passed over the neighborhood. The then, wait a second. The Hindenburg passed over the neighborhood before it went up in flames? That's right. That's right. Before it hit it, it blew up. It was, that was, if I'm not mistaken, it was 1937. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I've got the paper right there on the wall. Uh, that's it. I, I was a kid. Seven years old, I think I was. You didn't have anything to do with it, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Anyway, look at this is the Goodyear blimp in the 1930s showing up. And now look at all the acrobats. Look at these people yeah, on the tightrope. Yeah, look at that. What do you think about this? You ever go to a circus and see this? And th this makes me very nervous. I can't imagine how many people lost their lives doing this for a small crowd. I crowds. can't imagine that he would do anything like this for entertainment. I went to the circus. You did? Yeah, oh yeah, we went. Huh. That's what that fucking thing is for? Well, uh, yeah, people are dangling from that it. That building? <laughs> <laughs> it's there, but look, there's the boardwalk you guys hang out on all the time. Yeah. yeah. Almost 100 years ago. Look at that. And look at, look at, there's the pier. At the end of the pier, there's always a huge farrier. It looks like the Andrea Doria. You know in Edith Reed Park, Tom? When they have those, those wood, that all that wood, that was the yeah, dock. For that, yeah, I figured that. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, that's where we stay with. There's the. the uh, right. I thought you'd get a kick out of it. There's a there's a lot in here. Look at that. A lot of the old boat rides and somebody else jumping from the top of the tower. Look at that. There's somebody at the top of that crystal tower. I want to jump off of it. And they jumped into some some like a 
of pillows. If Pink played at Playland, she, Look, she'd jump off of it. They got peacocks. <laughs> they got peacocks walking around. Yeah, if they did that now, someone would probably try and take the peacock home. See, that's why I was telling my parents when we were watching footage like this on Memorial Day. You know, they kept going on and on about how, look, oh, oh, don't worry. In a couple of years, all that's coming back. All those flowers, they're going to do all just like the original. I said, it's not about the flower beds, guys. It's about the culture. It's about the people who are showing up in their, in their Tuesday night best. Can't have nice things like that anymore. Nope. You can't have nice things anymore. What do you think about that, Tony, that we can't have nice things anymore? It's, it's, it's a shame. It really is. It really is. People are always wondering about how you see the world, uh, how, how little you pay attention to what goes on in the world just because you don't want to be reminded of what it's all become. But you do have something else for us, and that is a story you told me on the back porch that you wanted to tell me. You want everybody to know about it. Another story from the old neighborhood, the story about the hat. <laughs> and I want to get this on the record because you seem it, it seems like it's another one of those chronicles that, that, that need to be recorded. Okay. I'm going, I, I can start now? Yeah, I want to hear about it. We were on 120th Street, Pleasant Avenue, on the corner. That's where we used to hang out because I lived in the block. I was born in the block, 120th Street. <laughs> My friend, friend Tony had this white sedora. Uh, uh, wait a while. Fedora? White fedora, pearl gray, it was a beautiful hat. And this fellow, Artie, would say, his name was Tony. Uh, Tony, let me try on the hat. Excuse the expression, but Tony would say, fuck off. Oh, come <laughs> on, Tony, let me try on the hat. Fuck off, he used to tell him. Right? <laughs> so this went, on for, this went on for quite some time with this fuck off and all that stuff. So, oh, Tony, let me try on the hat. <laughs> So now Tony spots the patrol car coming down the block. He says, here, you want to try on the hat? Put on the hat. So now he gives Artie the hat. So Artie's got the hat on. <laughs> He's got the one-button lunch coat that they had, the collar up, cigarette in his mouth, and his hands in his pocket. He's feeling real fancy right now. Well, yeah. So now the patrol car pulls up, says, spots us on the corner. One cop gets out. He comes to me. He says, what's your name? I says, Tony, he says, where do you live? I says, right up the block across the street from your call box. The call, you know, the police call box. Yeah. Okay. Then he comes to the other Tony. Oh, before when Tony saw the, the patrol car coming, he says to Artie, here, here's the hat. Put it on. So Artie's got the hat on. So now the cop says to Tony, the other Tony, he says, what's your name? He says, my name is Tony. He says, and where do you live? He says, I live in the same block. Now comes the Artie. <laughs> He's got the hat on, cigarette in his mouth, his hands in his pocket. And the cop says to him, and where do you live? He, he says, what's, you know, what's your name? I, and where do you live? I live on 14th Street. On 14th Street? What the fuck are you doing here? Bing! Hits him on top of the fucking head with the hat. Get the fuck over me, Tony. <laughs> So that's it. He's living. He's finally. He's finally living fancy with the fedora. The cop comes up. <laughs> he says, "Hey, you want to try on the hat? Put it on." So there's Artie with. Now the what? Now hold what on, does Tony. What does 114th Street have to do? With yeah. Well, well, why is it? Why is it that 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 warranted a bonk on the head yeah. over there? What, what was it about 114th Street that he had to be? Uh, well, he lived on 14th Street. See, he asked us all where we lived. So I lived up the block 120th Street. 
across the street from the call box. Yeah. Now the other Tony, he says, "Where do you live?" And right he close. Lived, he lived in the same block, you know. But when it comes to Artie, Artie lived on 14th Street, so he's got the hat on, cigarette in his mouth, hands his pocket. And where do you live? On 14th Street. Well, what the fuck you doing here? Bang and uh, hits him on the head. That's, but that's the question. That's <laughs> the, the question I have. Hit, the cop hits him on the head. I know. Tell Get the but fuck home. I know. But I know uh, Tony, I understand that much. I need to know why that. What about 114th Street made this cop hit him in the head? Because he lived on 14th Street. But what's so bad about 114th Street? Oh, no, nothing, nothing was bad. It's just that we lived on 20th Street. But when it came to Artie with the hat on, the cigarette in his mouth, he lived on 14th Street. So the cop says, and where do you live? He says, I live on 14th Street. Well, what the fuck you doing here? Get the fuck out. So, uh, okay, so, okay. Finger, he, hit him on the head. he shouldn't have been in the neighborhood. So, he, 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 <laughs> so because he lives six blocks away, he shouldn't have been in the neighborhood? <laughs> I don't know. What the, what I, this cop was a psycho. <laughs> it must have been. But, <laughs> but wait a second. Your, your friend Artie. No, 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 your friend Tony that had the, the hat uh, initially. It sounds like, from your telling, that he knew putting the hat on Artie was going to cause him a lot of trouble. <laughs> it, it was, was it this? It made him look like a hoodlum. That's what it made him uh, look like. Oh, so maybe he thought, he, maybe he thought this was a hoodlum coming from so many blocks over, and this was, and they, they wanted to keep it, cl maybe that was what it was? <laughs> My rest of soul is dead today, Hollywood. When, when that happens. That's the only thing I can think about. <laughs> hit him on the hat. Get the fuck home. Boom. Look at a story, a story about some guy who was... Cop did that now. That'd be racist. Like, I know. Different I nationalities and the policeman hit somebody. What do you mean? So that sounds like police enforcement. Well, I mean, that's what I'm guessing, that the cop that did this to, to yeah, his this friend was probably story. Irish. And somebody was well, uh, because Italians right, back no, in that day, dude, they used to... Well, if, if the, co if the cop well. was coming at, the cop was coming after people just for being Italian, then Tony and the other Tony wouldn't have gotten it, but too. But the other guy had the fedora with the coat. Right, so that's why I'm saying perhaps... The only other thing I can come up with is the fact that he does look like he's connected. He looks like he's a wise guy, and he's from six blocks over. <laughs> Meanwhile, maybe like you know, hey, get out of here. This uh, I'm I'm keeping this place. Frank, Frank, I can't. I don't understand why he did it, but he had the hat on. He had the cigarette in his mouth, his hands in his pocket. He looked like a wise guy, and he wasn't. He was a good fella. But he, when he found out he lived six blocks away, what the fuck you doing here? Bing! And he hits him on the top of the. <laughs> See, I thought he was gonna say he. Got, he was gonna get arrested because the no. other, the other guy that had the hat no. like committed a crime and then saw the cops was like all right here's the hat yeah I and that was like the giveaway it was like oh, just be look I'm looking out for the hat I thought he was gonna fit, I thought you were getting to that he was he fit with the hat on he fit the description of somebody <laughs> either way I think it's funny that he inquires about the fedora all that time and the day yeah. he finally gets to put it on he gets clubbed in the head by a police officer <laughs> was the fedora damaged <laughs> when he put on the hat. He looked like a hoodlum. Did he get to keep it the hat afterwards, or did he give it back to Tony? <laughs> he must have gave it back. <laughs> I wouldn't want anything to do with that damn thing afterwards. <laughs> you live on 14th. What the fuck are you doing here? Bing. Boom. <laughs> I, almost, I almost peed my pants when it happened. Are you going to pee your pants right now? No. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I love this. Uh, we had a lot of laughs. There was a lot of, there was a lot of going on. A lot of laughs we used to have. But that was it, on 20th Street, Pleasant Avenue, right on the corner, we used to stay.
I wonder if there's any good times happening on that block right now. I doubt it. They're all gone. Uh, hey, I'm 93. All my friends are gone. You kidding? I wonder if there's anybody that's actually left from your generation on that block anywhere. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I have to I imagine, especially would, with all the stairs. They have to. I, I moved out of that block. I think it was in 1960. Went up the Bronx. Oh, you got. Oh, so you stayed until 1960. Yeah. I thought you were out of there late 40s. No, no, no. I stayed. There. I lived in 408. Marion. So we went with we Skip. We went down there. Skip, I think I have that. I have Skip, that on video. Skip drove us down. To, took him uh, to Jefferson Park. We used to go swimming over there on 14th Street. I got the videos over here on the computer somewhere. Next time you come by, we got to sift through them again. Um, I have some audience uh, questions for you. Uh, the for, oh oh uh, the first one is oh this is from Thirteen Principles. He says, uh, Tony, if you were able to go back and start a new career, uh, was there any line of work you would have wanted to try? I know that you were you were a plaster you you were you were a plaster man. Cement mason, bricklayer, and plaster. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, uh, yeah. I, I was a a plaster. I worked for a Big Boss Jim Boy Brothers. No, he wanted to know if you. Well, well, no, no. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm establishing what he did first. Then you did. Huh. So you did masonry, plaster, and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, the, the question here is now, if you were to go back, is there anything that you would have wanted to try, as for work that you didn't already, or you just, or you never thought about that? No, no. I never. See, see what happened. I started out as a water boy. And, uh, and believe me when I tell you when I was a water boy, I was working with a construction company, and a water boy used to bring them coffee in the morning, uh, whatever they I used to get the lunch, everything. And uh, I was making a good buck because I used to get the tips. I was getting $25 from uh, Mrs. Morton. We did Stuyvesant Town. Uh, we did a lot of work up there. But I started out as a water boy. And while I was a water boy, there was a couple of plasters in my, ma in my spare time. They says, Tony, buy a hawk and try. They got me a hawk and try, and they were teaching me as a water boy. Then I became an apprentice, local 60. And from when I passed the test, then I became a, a full-fledged mechanic. But later on, I went with the city, civil service, New York City housing. So as long as long as the, as long as the, the work was steady, you just followed it. And well, that's what my father was a, a, a city worker for the asphalt. So he always says, Tony, if you can get with the city, get with the city. Because during the Depression, my father had a job. He was with the asphalt, right? Mm -hmm. So later on, when I was, I was with Jamboy Brothers, we did a lot of work. We did a lot of Trump's work, his, his buildings. Mm -hmm. But uh, then I got out of it, you know. And that was it. From the water boy to becoming a plasterer, I ended up being a, a cement mason, plaster, bricklay, everything. So... That was it. I enjoyed it. So, so if you could do it all over again, you'd never, you, you wouldn't really change anything. You wouldn't go into like shipbuilding or anything like that. You don't care about that. I made in my backyard. My father would have been very proud of me. I, I think you've seen it, didn't you? Maybe the deck. Mm, no. no, not really. But I'm, I made a deck, <laughs> concrete deck. I, 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 I made like a U. I went down about uh, three, four feet. I made my foundation by myself. Mm -hmm. You know. And then I started bringing it up with the chinchin blocks. I made my own deck. It's all concrete. So you, you're it. grateful for the skills that you built. I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that I went that way. My yeah. mother, my mother, seen me one time. Uh, my sister lived in uh, in Long Island, 
And uh, that day, I was working out there, and I says, Ma, you want to go see Rosie? I'll take you there. So I took her there, and I have, my boss had a job, like, uh, you know, the Acme uh, food, build, food stores? Yeah. Food stores. Well, this was one of those stores. And my mother saw me on the scaffold the way I was working. I was soaking wet, you know, place and doing a big ceiling. She says to me, Tony, why are you killing yourself? Why don't you get a job like your father? To make a long story short, I got with the city, city housing. And that's where I retired from, city housing. It was altogether different. That's good. We used to do simple. You still you still have a pension from them? Oh yeah, I get a pension from them. Wow. Yeah, I get it from the city. That's a that's a that's, that's so crazy. That was my trade, and uh, I, I I enjoyed. You're, pr- you're probably one of the last people from that era that they're they're paying a pension well, for. Well, plastering, forget about it. It's all sheetrock today. Right. I know, I know. Well, because we, we have to, <laughs> let me tell you something, Tone. We have to get some plaster work done at home right now to get a skim coat because. I, uh, I can't hear. What? Can't uh, hear what? I'm joking. <laughs> no, uh, you're just joking. Well, he's not asking you to do it. No, I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just, do you want to come do our... I'm t- I can't hear. <laughs> come on. <laughs> he's, he's saying he can't hear you because he's plastering over it. Oh, 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 you're plastering over it. Hey, uh, so here's another question for you. If you... Uh, this, this also came from the audience. If you won the lottery this late in life, how would you uh, spend the money? I would spread it around. I would spread it around. How, how, how much would you give me? If, if you made, if you won $100 million. I would give you $1.380. What is that? $1.380? That means a, a soda with a straw, maybe. Oh, okay. I'm joking. So if you, if you, if you won $100 million. I would make a lot of people happy. Okay, I'm sure you would. I would, believe me. I can't take it with me. And I know that you would also probably send a lot to St. Jude's. You better believe Because I know that you, you, you've said it many times. I, I, and I'll still say it. I send every month $60 to St. Jude's Research Hospital. And if I hit a number, I do something, I send extra. Always do that. St. Jude is a wonderful saint. And people should pray to him. And, and, and of course, the children. He's the patron saint of hopeless cases. I'm not saying I'm hopeless, but I pray to St. Jude for a lot of people. I pray for my wife, my children, my friends. People should believe me when I tell you. He answers you in certain different ways. St. Jude, remember that. And I know that you, you also, because of the Children's Hospital, that's, uh, I know you got a soft that, spot for that, children. That's my favorite charity. Every month I send them $60 a month. And when I hit a number, I, get some, I, I come into extra money, I send them extra. How often do you hit, hit with the lottery? Oh, uh, no. A couple times every few years? Uh, I hit it pretty good a few times, a couple of times. I hit a take four. And, uh, what, like $10,000 or more? Yeah. Like 10K? What was, the, what was the most you ever won in lottery? Uh, the, New York, the New York number. The New York, I'm talking about the New York outside number. I don't mean the lottery, the New York State. I'm talking about the regular numbers. I hit my 923 one time for $9,000. Wow. That was many years ago. Oh, so if it, depending on how many years ago, that 9,000 was more like 57? Well, this, uh, I'm... I remember uh, there used to be a place on Gun Hill Road where they used to take, oh, yeah, I got to tell you this. <laughs> I went in to play this number. I held the door open for the guy to come in. All of a sudden, the guy that came in, he had those army fatigue pants. Yeah. 
there's a cop over there, a, a black man, he was a cop, and he's playing the numbers. All of a sudden, the guy that I held the door open, he comes in, a little bit of a guy. He had those army fatigue pants on. All of a sudden, he takes out an Uzi machine gun, stick up. He sticks up right in front of the cop? He stick up the whole place. I says to myself, he took money from me. Took it from me. I held the door open for him. Wait, wait, wait. So did you, were you able to walk out? Or you? He took the money. Took everything. I went home. My wife looked at me. She says to me, what's wrong? I told her. I just got uh, robbed. We, we, so he actually took money from a police officer, too. Yeah. He, well, the police officer was, he wasn't, in a, in a, in a, he was, uh, he wasn't in, in his... Off in, duty. He was off duty. He was like off duty. You know? Right. <laughs> Imagine that. There was one lady on the side. She was writing numbers down. She didn't even know what was going on. But I held the door open for this son of a bitch. You held the door open for a robber, and then you got... you got. Well, what the hell did I do? I think he's coming to play the numbers. Well, I think, I'm just surprised that you didn't... Uh, I didn't get this story before, that you were part of a, a, an never, armed robbery. and He's I, got an Uzi submachine gun. I'm telling you, it was like he took it out of his pants pocket. You know, the army fatigue pants? Yeah. Well, he took it. He walked in. I, I held the door open for him to come in. Son of a so, bitch. All of a sudden, <laughs> I looked, what the hell is this? I went home, my wife said, what's, what's the matter? I said, he took everything. That, well, you know, I, okay, well, then this is one last thing I have. I don't know. Matt, do you have any questions for Tony? Or no. my mom? No. Um, it's, yeah, I wanted to just, I want you guys to have a, uh, I want you guys to come by for the first half here and relax. Because I know that you've been going, you've been, you guys, uh, guy's been having a good summer. Tony's been having a little bit of a, you, you know, have no more, no more down. Playland pictures? Playland pictures? I got, I mean, there's the 50s. I can show you a little bit of the 50s. Hold on a second. Where is it? This is the 30s, part one. Here's a little bit of the 50s. So, here, take a look at this, Tony. Yeah, I'm looking. Oh, look at that. Yeah, wow. I know. This is when they'd actually have ferries that came in right there Long look, Island look Sound. Wow. Look at those classy people. Saw all this stuff. Man, the ice skating rink looks old back then. There's just so much. My, my father, my father, when we were children, he used to take us on a ferry boat. They used to go like around the Statue of Liberty. See, this is what I'm talking about right there. Look how everybody's dressed. Look at I don't care how that many. That looks more like Sherwood Island than, than Playland. Look at the ties. Look at the vest. Look at this softball game going on. That seems like it's right by the lake. And where was this? This Playland. is Playland. Playland. Yeah, that's ah. probably like by Edith Reed, I'd have to imagine, the, 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 the sanctuary. My father used to take us a lot to Pelham Bay. There's the lake. Well, take a look at this. The quad there. Oh, look at that. Yeah. It's like yeah. something out of The Great Gatsby. Looks like Here's shit now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> looks like a barn. Looks like uh, well, we're gonna go to Playland. Looks like Six Flags Hurricane Katrina just went through there. there. Yeah, even oh, the new fountain, the new fountain's ugly compared to that one that was built with. They have it more modern looking. Yeah, yeah modern. I don't means like modern. Modern shit. means shit. Yeah, it means ugly. <laughs> well, even before all this, you know, the older, older buildings, they were even more grand. Like, you ever see the shit they build for, like, the World's Fair, and then they tear it down? Oh, yeah. We're talking about the World's Fair a lot lately. Did you tell about, about uh, meeting Chris in the parking lot of Playland? Who? 
<laughs> Who's Chris? Chris Christie. <laughs> I, want, I want to ask you a question. What? <laughs> do I look gay to you? Do Do you look gay? <laughs> Frank, 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 Frank so look at your phone. I know. I was looking at the phone. Uh, <laughs> do I look gay to you? No, you don't look gay. <laughs> well, one Can time I pulled up with a car. <laughs> I want you to hear this story. Okay. I pulled up with this car, and I got the window open. It was summertime. All of a sudden, this fellow comes over to me. He's got no shade on, no nothing. And he's shaking his... He's, he's what? He's shaking what? He's shaking his... his shaking his tits? I, I don't want to say that. You said... And I'm looking at us. What the fuck does this guy want? <laughs> he came up uh, to you? Huh? He says, how do I look? I don't know. That's pretty gay of you, Tony. That's, pretty <laughs> That's really gay of you. Didn't he say, how does he look to you? I look better, but do I look gay? Like this. Well, I, so, was, so I was wondering what the hell he was doing. So he I don't know why he was doing... I took off. I took off with the car. I said, fuck this shit. No. <laughs> it was Chris. Now, you're leaving things out. It was Chris. And he said that he was working out. He wanted to know how he looked. Oh, so he he, he wanted somebody to, to, uh, to judge his physique. Why he picked Tony's advice, I don't know. Maybe because Tony had a, a long <laughs> life and, you know, training to be a boxer. And he probably knew physiques. But but he came up to you. So I, I, I said to him, I said, I don't believe this. I, I wasn't there, by the way. He maybe thought you were like a retired bodybuilder, because look at his tan. He's got a bodybuilder's tan. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. I was saying to myself, well, what the hell is this guy trying to do? What is he? What are you trying to make me what? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So, so that's it. So what did you tell him? I took off. I left him there. I that's it. When he said he, he's trying to get, he's trying to get some. Uh, oh, no, no. He's on the no talk to list. Okay. So you don't want to talk to him. <laughs> so he came up. He's showing off his pecs. He, he had nothing. He had, I don't know what the hell he had, but he was going like this. Was he me. was he built or was he flabby? <laughs> he was flabby. Flabby. He, he looked like a, he looked like he had women's breasts. Oh gosh. Said, well, you know, I guess it happens to everybody after a while. I don't know. I I, I took I off. I said, let me get me. the hell out of here. I gotta go. I'm sorry, Chris. You have to be gay with somebody else. <laughs> I can't do this with you right now. I just can't do it. Oh, my. Okay. You know, uh, Tony, uh, uh, you know, did you ever, um, I know I asked you about UFOs and weird things in the sky. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? You said no. Have you noticed all of the UFO uh, alien talk in the news these days about how there's, uh, they recovered alien alien bodies and downed spacecraft and all that? I don't, I don't even bother with that. You don't care? Let me ask you something. If an alien, a space alien, got into a fist fight with Jesus Christ, who do you think would win the fist fight? Jesus Christ. You're damn right he would. <laughs> he wouldn't even have to fight him. Yeah. He, yeah. He would just, no. That's it. That's it. Get the hell out of here. Are you kidding I don't even want to be bothered with his space he's alien. He's more powerful than Dr. Manhattan. Every power Dr. Manhattan has, Jesus has that and more. And more. You know, Tony, people in the chat room are saying that uh, Chris, with, with the flabby chest, he was he was grooming you. He was trying to groom you. He probably thought that a couple... I wouldn't even let him kiss my ass. What do you think of that? Are you for real or what? That's what he was probably working up to. He's so uh, gross. He's so gross. Okay. Well, I, it, <laughs> just wondering. Everyone's like, he was just trying to no, warm me up. He might be watching the show. He might see me tomorrow. He might come over. Oh, I hope not. I hope he's not watching the show. That's, a, that's the last thing. That's the last thing we need. Yeah. Him to come up to you with a, with a vendetta. Because you don't know what's going to come out next. Uh, anyway. Well, uh, Tony, I hope that you and my mother 
come back for a visit. I don't know. I, I mean, it's already the middle of August, oh pretty my much. God. It's, either, gone. it's either it's uh, either we gotta have you back. Maybe September. I gotta have you guys back either in September. Black Friday What's next month. Se- November Black Friday. Oh, he always comes back for yeah. for Tony Black Friday. Fetch uh, Freddy, if God wants, we'll be back. So far, God's wanted you to come back a lot, and that's I'm very happy for that. And I hope we get a, we get uh, quite a few more visits. Wait. Bobby, Bobby says, tell Tony to tell the story about how Richie stole your ring. <laughs> what? You, you somebody uh, stole your ring? No, Richie did not steal his ring. And if Richie's watching, because I talked to him just before, uh, he didn't steal the ring. But it was funny. Who? What ring? Your wedding ring? No, that no, ring. No, this ring I got on. I'm going crazy looking for the ring. I said, I lost my ring. I lost my ring. I lost my ring. For about a year, I lost my ring. But he blamed somebody for shaking his hand. <laughs> oh, Seriously. Yeah, no, really? Serious, yeah. You yeah. think that somebody can slip yeah. that off your hand with a <laughs> no, handshake? He says, I know that guy's got my ring. It went on for months. I know so that guy's year, got my about ring. About a year later, I think it was, I opened up the drawer. <laughs> And I found my ring. <laughs> but, Tony, do you really think that somebody could shake your hand, slip it off your pinky, and you wouldn't feel it? I doubt it. Sure, I would feel it. Okay, yeah. so then... He was convinced. So you convinced, but you, I you were convinced. I was convinced. At the, I just to myself, somebody must have took the ring. I must have lost it. A whole year. Then I happened to go in the... I happened to look in my junk drawer. This? I says, oh my God, there's my ring. Tony, you know, the day that I lost my wedding ring, you were you were in the backyard. It was like, uh, it was April of 2021, and you were in the backyard. You came by to hang out. You wanted to come see the baby, and I took my wedding ring off to do some pull-ups. Hey, what'd you do with it? I did not see it again until that November. I bought myself a duplicate ring. Um, I, you know, I was just sick over. I could not find my wedding ring. And then on Thanksgiving morning, I was picking out the pants I was going to wear that day. And in the pocket of the pants was the ring. I was a happy Thanksgiving. That was, uh, I had no clue. I was like, well, that makes no sense. Because I took my ring off to do some pull-ups. Why is it in these nicer pants? I must have washed my hands. I had no clue what the hell happened. But um, it happens. I didn't I accuse anybody. I told Lauren just the other day that I says I saw Frankie's ring on the table. Next day I saw it on the thing. I says that this is uh, just a. I left it on my father-in-law's pool deck two weeks ago, and his pool boy found it. This I, is just a chemistry thing. It's the only system. time I took it. Off. I mean, I keep it very close to me now. And I don't know why I thought I, I, I should take it off to go in the pool with Aurora. But I did. And I left it in a place I knew would at least wouldn't be in the pool. And I just walked away from it. Damn it. I'm not going to do that again. Hey, hey Rocky. Uh, Frank. Frank, I'm all right. Getting back to this. You think maybe when I see him, I should shake mine? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, so, see? See? The, yeah, gro- the grooming. I've been working out. How's it look? You like he's to you. See? He groomed you. Now he's making you, uh, now he's making you wonder if you should throw some, something you back at You gotta go him. like this. You gotta go like this. And you gotta go, I'm gay. <laughs> you should, that's what you gotta do. You should practice it right now. I'm Friday, gay. I said to myself, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> There's a lot of weirdos out there, Tony. More than ever before. More than <laughs> I ever. I never before. expected this. <laughs> but what was that? That wasn't recent, was it? What? The the, the jiggly boob th- guy. A couple of years ago. Oh, okay. So uh, nothing's happened since, though. No. Okay, good. 
Well, happy. I'm happy for that. You don't have to deal with that. Oh, God. Anyway, you guys are. Uh, you guys are. It's great to have you back. Everybody loves when you stop by, and and we'll make sure. We'll make sure. It's either got to be late September. I don't know. We should do it as much as we can. I like. I like the the fall and the in the winter months. As long as I'm alive, you make the date for me. Okay. Uh, before we went live, everybody, Tony was. Um, I learned that Tony had spoken to my mother about how uh, if he if he goes to heaven uh, any time in the future, that uh, Frankie's probably going to have a big uh, memorial for me on the show. <laughs> I said, please, I'm done. I don't want to do memorials for people anymore. All I do is memorials these days, I feel. But there will be many, many years from now when you finally say, you know, I'm just tucking. Let's, let's just go, Jesus. I'm I'm ready. Many years, like 10, 15 years from now, when you're 120-something years old and you say, eh, it's... it's it's a good night. Faggy. We'll have a marathon. It's going to be a big marathon. Who's ever, who's ever watching now, how could they forget me? They won't. Nobody. <laughs> well, you can't now. You've been immortalized on the show. <laughs> we, we've got at least seven. How many episodes we've done? A dozen? I don't know. Some of them, yeah. uh, an hour, an hour and 90 minutes sometimes. I mean, there's going to be one hell of all a tone. All your pictures, all the, the videos. Tony yeah. Black Marathon, that's going to be one hell of a, <laughs> that's going to be one hell of a, a, a box oh, set. Yeah, you know, Faggy. Sometimes I think about the way that name carried me from when I was a kid all the way up to now. The Tony Black. Yeah, I know. Well, it's still here. I mean, it's not going anywhere now. And and uh, and one day the Tony Black, quite frankly, box set. It'll be as uh, as well purchased as the the Dean Martin roasts. All those Dean Martin roasts. Be, you're gonna get the whole series. All right. Did anyway. I ever, Frank, did I ever tell you I used to box? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got... I bought cigars, everything. Oh, man. We had, uh, <laughs> we, we had a lot of talk about the box. We'll do more boxing talk when you come back on. We even looked at the old Yankee Stadium, the Yankee Stadium uh, 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 about that you were at, that you you were watching. Yeah, with Joe Lewis and uh, yeah. Tommy Mario. Yeah, we, I remember we, we dug up the footage yeah. from that very thing, and you were watching it for the first time. You, right. you were calling all the punches, too. Yeah. All the combos, yeah. everything. You had it. You had it down. Yeah. All right. Well, Tony, thank you for coming. Mom, thanks My for coming. Pleasure. Good night. My pleasure. Good All right, night. everybody. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm going to play a little song so we have a little bit of time to, to usher usher the family out. And Matt and I will be here in just a second to, uh, to, to bring this one home. Don't go anywhere.
It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ah, 
now entering Quite Frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Joe Brandon. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? <laughs> Matt, uh, I, I put your microphone on for a little bit of that. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, what happened to your mic? Hold on. What the hell just happened? Hold on a second. You. Oh, there it is. What the hell just happened? That's the last thing I need over here. Yeah, I know. They almost caught me using my real voice. Oh. <laughs> what's your what's your real voice? I just talk exactly like Mark Zuckerberg. That's right. That's right. That's the the voice you always try to avoid showing people. It's some fake. I'm fake. Everything about me is fake. My dick is small. <laughs> I have no skills. No skill. Lauren texted me. After I said that I had lost my ring at uh, my my father-in-law's pool, I said it found by, it was found by the pool boy. She said it was the pool service guy, pool boy. That makes my father sound gay. LOL. I said uh, He's I, I, gay. I don't know. Is it, was it a pool boy? Is a pool man sound any better? Um, there's just a stigma around people who work around pools. Pool person. Pool person. Then they're just gender neutral. It sounds even worse. Let's just face it. If you are work for a pool service, there's always going to be that, oh, you're the pool boy, huh? It's just going to happen that way. Or and pool boys don't all also, they're not only just for homoerotic encounters, by the way. Uh, the pool boys are banging lonely housewives as well. Pizza delivery drivers, too, when you order extra anchovies. Yeah, but that, that's real, real desperate. And you're banging pizza delivery guys. You know, pool well, boys. then I guess I'm desperate. Who, <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you think have who has more status uh, in the in the in this in the uh, romance world, the pool boy or the pizza delivery guy? Definitely pool, the pool, the pool boy. Guy, yeah. yeah, that has more status, romantic status. And I know plenty of pizza delivery drivers, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not looking down on anybody. We're just <laughs> talking yeah, about I used this to deliver pizza. I used to make over a hundred bucks a night doing it. From like four to like nine. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of For guys. Franks? That's a oh, lot yeah. of yeah, he had thirteen guys going out doing deliveries. Scrubbing pools. Scrubbing pools. We got a couple of super chats here. I got a lot of things I want to do with you, Matt. Here we go. Uh, first of all, Shotzi says, wonderful crew tonight. Sending much love. Thank you so much, Aaron. It's great to have you out there. Um, over on Rumble. Great crowd over on Rumble. I know it's Friday night. I know we're doing a little bit on top of the hard stuff, uh, but it's great to just chill with everybody. I have a few on Foxhole on QuiteFrankly.tv. 
the, quite frankly, weekend roundup is going to start as soon as this show concludes at 9, so hope you're around for that. Porpoiseful, thank you. Sean Joe, Dark Heart Hemi says, mind your business, original motto on U.S. currency. Uh, Robert Sarns, Sean Joe, Twisted Sticks says, love the show, Frank. Thank you, Twisted. C. Blanche, Boys Blanc, K. Landry says, Frank, are uh, how are you? Are you and Tony related? If not, then how did you all meet? Uh, we're not related by blood. Became a very close friend of our family about, I don't know, it's a while ago now. But uh, he and my mom, I forgot how they, all their groups of friends just meet. They have a whole beach crew and they all hang out on the boardwalk over there. And of course, uh, Tony's grandchildren all played in the in the, the, the baseball league that I coached in for, uh, for a while. So especially once we all started getting to know each other, it was great to see him at the park and my mom's at the park watching the teams that I'm coaching and it was just nice so it's been a a good amount of years that we're all just close friends and we're like family uh Kay Landry again says I've seen about four episodes of Tony Black and your mom being on your show and I love when they're on it's a it's a great break mental break it's a, it's a spiritually rejuvenating. I like it. I really do. C. Blanche says, wonderful show. How can you not love such beautiful family bringing back the sweet memories? Oh, I wish. I, I, I'm living vicariously, ladies and gentlemen. Those memories. I'm living vicariously with you all. Obviously, I have not a clue of what it was like to see New York the way Tony saw it. But uh, it, it's great to be able to just time travel with him and very important. C. Blanche, again, says, Godspeed to all, and thank you for those gold pills. Wonderful of you. So wonderful. Joe M. 170 says, not sure that world is round, uh, the round or not, but here we go. Thank you for the cookie. That cookie is round. Thank you, Joe. Witchy Poo says, I love your mom and Tony. And Joe and Golden Crisp. Golden Crisp says, you're number one. Number one next day lurker. Well, guess what? You're right on time tonight. Right on time tonight. All right, Matt, here's something first I have to do with you. Um, this is obviously going to cause a little bit of a problem. It already has for Timothy Alberino because many people have sent this clip to me. The saga continues. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but there were some headlines over the last week about these encounters, these really chilling encounters down in Peru, uh, where villagers and whatnot were coming into some kind of violent encounters with unidentified, vaguely described, I don't know, uh, creatures. They were, they were humanoid, but not human. Talking about f shotgun shots did nothing to them. They were floating, they're levitating on discs, whatever. And, you know, it could be government, uh, military, military technology. It could be Something unexplained. Anyway, Timothy Alberino's been on the case, and he was talking to a friend. Hmm, he weird he'd be looking into that. Weird. Why would he be weird? In my son. It's not weird. He looks into a lot of things that have to do with aliens. This, however, this 15-second clip was pulled from a um, pulled from a video that he did with Doug Thornton. This was three days ago. Go. He 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 put it up on his site. It already has close to a a million a million views on his on his YouTube, and he'll be on with us on on Tuesday night for a little crash course. But listen, Matt, to this 
15-second clip that has at least people in this audience really scratching their heads. Time in my son and Iquitos as well, but I've spent a lot of time in my son. In fact, I had a nickname when I lived in this area of the jungle. My nickname was my son. Some people called me the lion of my son. The lion of the, the, the lion of my son. And of course, we all know what a lion is. Go ahead. I knew he was a fucking cat. This is why... He has that lion ring. Remember? Oh. He had that, and then he tried to, like, cover his... Oh, 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 it's nothing. Yeah. It's his sigil. <laughs> I can't believe... I can't believe it. After all the... It's been years yeah. now. Yeah. It's been at least two years now since, uh, since your initial question about whether or not he had any information I, on cat people. I never had... I was never nicknamed anything. I was never nicknamed cat. Actually, in football, they, they called me the animal because I used to growl. Cats don't growl. Cats don't growl. They purr. <laughs> You're right. They also scream. They they screech. But the noise I made sound more like more like a Wolverine type noise. Well, I have a couple more uh, things here. I had to put that Timothy Alberino thing out there. Here is a couple of Instagram reels I thought were pretty funny. This one is a a video of a guy in Gotham City that went and used a handicapped bathroom without being handicapped. And of course, he has to pay the piper. Matt, I think you would like this, so I wanted to play it for you. Here you go. He's not handicapped. Are you handicapped? No, no, I'm not. Well, you're about to be. <laughs> swirly. Yeah, he gave him the swirly and everything. He had That's... the Robert Pattinson Batman and used the Christian Bale line. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one, this video, this video is possibly the most retarded thing I've ever seen in my life. It is also something that made me laugh <laughs> uh, to an unreasonable degree one night. It's two Japanese guys. I think they're Japanese. They could be Korean or something else. Anyway. What do you think they all look like, Frank? <laughs> no. No, I'm, I'm just looking at it. It looks like Korean writing. No, no, no. Actually, that might be Japanese. Anyway, <clears throat> one of them has a blindfold on. Oh, one of them has a blindfold on, and he has a belt in his hand. I've seen these videos. <laughs> the other kid, the other kid that is in the room, has one... Uh, you know those those uh, rubber chickens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rubber chickens, when you, you hold them down, you let it go, and they go... Wah. Yeah. He has a rubber chicken under either of his... Both of his feet has a rubber chicken. Uh, both of them. They have one rubber chicken on each underneath. So every time you take a step, you could trigger this chicken in making a noise. Also, in his nose... In, <laughs> in his nose and in both nostrils, I think he has two kazoos. And I think he might have a harmonica in his mouth. So now he has to... The, the real thing here is how do you get around the room without alerting your friend with the belt, with any of the noise that you could make at any time, how do you get around the room to avoid the friend with the belt? 
and giving off your coordinates because obviously you're going to get beat. And it's so ridiculous. It's one of the most ridiculous things I saw. But I absolutely love the chaos that results from this. And take a look at this. He's trying to get around. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. I'm sorry. I got to... I have to unmute this. <laughs> you, you can hear the harmonica. I'm very happy with that video. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It makes me feel good. Uh, here's another something I have for you tonight. This is an incredible story. Now, Matt, on Monday night, on the 7th, I had Zoso Dude in the studio, and we talked about the best and worst concerts we've ever been to. We took calls, and we read as entries from the audience, and you know, Zoso has seen so many things, so many concerts. He's been around so many people because he worked in, in entertainment for so long, so he had so much access. Anyway, he's telling us a story about uh, going to a Metallica concert, I don't know, in like the 80s or something like that, at the Cotton Bowl in Texas. And being uh, trapped in the crush of the crowd that came down uh, for Metallica when their set began. Being trapped in that crush down there and actually saving the life of a what he thought to be a 15-year-old boy that was down there on the floor with him getting trampled. He got up, then he went down there and said, we got to save this kid. Well, I got an email, and i got to read it to you. This is from Joel Keeler. He says, hey, Frank, my name is Joel. I love your show and watch daily. Unfortunately, I rarely get to watch live. I really wish I did last night. This was on Tuesday. I would have called in to thank Zoso Dude for possibly saving my life. I was that kid that got trampled at the Monsters of Rock concert in the Cotton Bowl. Only thing he got wrong was my age. I was 14, not 15. I was brought to a medical tent, rehydrated, and sent back into the crowd to see Metallica finish up. The next day, I felt like I was run over by a train. I was covered with bruises. I had a Doc Martin boot print on my back. The concert was one of the greatest and worst shows combined and probably the reason I don't go to large crowds anymore, or I don't do large crowds anymore. Anyway, just wanted to share that with you. Keep up the great work. You always have amazing guests. I'm a Frankly fan for life. That is Joel. Now... There was a lot of people getting trampled that night. There could have been another 14, 50-year-old kid that got it. But uh, here is a here is a testimony of somebody there in the same exact position that was described by Zoso Dude, who was rescued by a guardian angel in the crowd. So if this is the actual person that he <clears throat> pulled from the floor at the Cotton Bowl, that is just incredible incredible and i'd like to get these two uh linked up after the show so um other than that i guess we can uh, we can take some calls ladies and gentlemen 914 914-200-0269 i would love to get you all just ending our our weeks in this kind of a way i've got some 
some other uh, things that we can do as far as as far as topics goes. You've got to read this. There's a Daily Mail article, Matt, that this one is just incredible. This one is incredible. So we're going to talk about this now. I'll leave the lines open. We'll get to people as soon as we are done with this. Ready? Facebook's black market sperm industry exposed. All right. We're going to do that in just a second because I think Zoso dude is calling in. I definitely want to get his, his opinion on that. Zoso, what would you think about that? That is pretty... Uh Pretty fantastic, Frank. Wait, I, uh, wait, 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 wait. You sound you sound very far away. I've been living it since then. I thought for a moment. I remember I told you that I had the, you know, not one but three all-access passes. When I told my friends I was going to go down and watch Metallica from the front, they thought I was crazy. But I remember literally <laughs> two minutes before the set started, before they cranked out Creeping Death, I was standing there along with people in the front row, and I'm looking to my left, looking to my right, and I'm seeing, like, mothers with kids. And I did see some young kids, so, uh, as I said, the minute they started, the minute the creeping death started, it sounded like there was a stampede coming for me. I literally, like I said, I saw chairs and stuff flying up into the air and people pouring out of the stands. It is, uh, if that is the boy, then... then that is just amazing. That, how, how amazing. I'm going to link to your program, but obviously he's got good taste. I, I, uh, I'll never forget, though, laying just like him. And I got stomped on as well. And uh, as I was laying there protecting my head, I just, when I looked over and through, through the legs of other people, I saw this kid, obviously a kid. And, uh, man, what... <sighs> I'm going to link, uh, well, listen, Zoe, I'm going to link you guys together. I'm going to link you guys together because that would be really great to, to, to see if you, even just through a couple of, you know, of a short volley of emails, if you, if you reminisce a little bit and are able to get uh, closer to the truth. But thank you. Thank you for calling in. This is great. Dude, enjoy, enjoyed every show this week, man. Keep it up. Uh, hope to see you again soon. Oh, you definitely will. Definitely. Thank you so much, Zoso, dude. And uh, everybody, I don't know why he sounded so distant, but um, it, you should know that Zoso, dude, let me know. He has a clean bill of health. Doesn't know why he had so many uh, chest pains in, in uh, Pennsylvania the other day. But um, he did a, they ran a battery of tests on him, and everything's fine. Good. Good. Good stuff. All right, so listen to this, Matt. This gets crazier and crazier as we read. Facebook's black market sperm industry exposed. There's a black market for sperm on there. I wish I knew about it. I could really use some right now. I would have bought the whole market up. <laughs> Wannabe moms too poor to afford 30000 IVF. $30,000 in you vitro. Poor to afford that. You think you're gonna have enough money to have a kid? I, it, you know, it, it's it's really just. I mean, thirty thousand up front just to be able to get pregnant. Uh, they're being lured into having unprotected sex or forced to meet men they met online in parking lots to swap semen samples. Why I mean, would a female have to swap their semen when they just have to inject it? The males. You see, you see, out of all this, um, the. The relationships that the females have at the time, that's that's the real thing here. Because obviously you don't need to go and find, you know, contract with strangers on Facebook to knock you up in a parking lot. 
if you have a you know a spouse um it's just ridiculous but listen to this it, it gets crazy especially with this lesbian couple that one they wanted uh, some semen Women desperate to have children are being lured into unprotected sex as part of a growing industry of black market sperm donation. The rise in same-sex couples and aging mothers has caused, that, that, that means the failure of feminism, has caused the price of around, uh, of a round of IVF to rocket up to $30,000 in recent decades, leaving many unable to afford uh, to go the official route. An increasing number of would-be parents are turning to Facebook group where the men offer to donate their sperm for little or no charge. (laughs) Imagine that. Little or no charge. But these often come with demands. Many only agree to natural insemination, which is sex, or partial insemination where a man masturbates and penetrates the woman just before ejaculation. Uh... Which is how long a, a lot of sex actually lasts for a lot of guys. So ju- that could just be sex, period, for some people. For women who refuse sex, the alternative can just be as humiliating and unsafe. And some meeting in parking lots, hotels, or even Starbucks bathrooms to exchange oh, samples. God. Experts say unregulated sperm donation raises the risks of STIs, which could leave a woman infertile or with unviable pregnancies. In 2017, Stacy Nicole, 32 years old, and her wife joined what is now the largest sperm donation group in the U.S., Sperm Donation USA. At the time, it had around 5,000 members. Now it has almost 24,000 members. Okay, now listen to this. Miss Nicole and her wife were about to embark on their fertility journey using a sperm bank, but when one of their close friends conceived using the Facebook group, they decided to give it a shot and save some money. Once the Kentucky couple found someone willing to do artificial insemination, the couple uh, called their donor when Miss Nicole had a private ovulation test, or a positive ovulation test. So she's ovulating, it's time to get doused. They made the four-hour trip from Kentucky to Ohio to meet the donor and his wife in a casino parking lot to receive their first sperm donation. Listen, just imagine being in anywhere near this situation. Miss Nicole said, We met in Ohio at a casino, which I would never encourage anyone to do. He basically put his donation in a cup and handed it to us. It was very weird. What did you expect? What they expected this to be? I have no clue. Like, is it finding the grail? She said, his wife was very nice, but I'm not even sure how they got the donation. We know they were in the car, but I don't know if her saliva might have gotten on it. So she's wondering, I don't know what the hell that means. Was it the, the, the wife the, blew him? Blew him and just spit it into a cup. I hate to say this, ladies and gentlemen, but it is a Friday night. I, I don't know. This is, this, imagine this, this going on because everything that is natural about relationships and parenthood is being thrown out the window. People are also pressed for time because they've also they've been so uh, encouraged, widespread encouraged to just disavow this until the, the last moment, and now you're, you're you're doing this. You're 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 looking for somebody to squirt into sample cups in in a casino parking lot in Ohio, and then what what do they do with it, Matt? Listen to this. Oh, 
listen to this. It was very rushed. It was not professional at all. Professional? What the... The, the ridiculous. They're all ridiculous. Miss Nicole's partner inserted the sample into her with a syringe. I guess a, a, a baster, a turkey baster or something like that. She said, I laid my seat all the way back with my legs up for the four-hour drive back to Kentucky. She literally went to a casino parking lot in Ohio, grabbed a sample cup from a stranger she met on Facebook, had her partner squirt this into her with a turkey baster in the same parking lot and then drove back to Kentucky with her feet up on the dashboard so it can... uh, it can settle in somewhere deep. You, you, I, this is... No one would have known this was happening in the car next to them while driving. The process did not result in a pregnancy, and the couple decided to use a different donor from New York who came with glowing reviews from other members of the Facebook group, and this donor shipped them sperm in the mail. Miss Nicole conceived on two separate occasions, but miscarried both times. Shoot, what did he do? Come in an envelope? (laughs) (laughs) Just came right in the envelope. Just add water. Uh, She plans to use the second donor until she becomes pregnant after being impressed by his service. Uh, The donor was actually got... I'm I'm pretty sure it has to be kept at a certain temperature that once it hits a certain temperature that it probably won't get them pregnant anymore. So she's just going around the country collecting jizz from random guys and shooting them up her twat with a turkey baster. Exactly. Exactly. Think about about being on that kind of a journey. I can't because I'm normal. And think about, and you know that, you know how many guys are getting, purely just getting off to this? That they well, know. They're sick too. I, I know. I know. I'll, I'll tell you, there's, there is probably very little altruistic anything going on here. The guys that are, pro- are providing the samples are just getting off to the fact that it's getting squirted into a live living body. And uh, everybody else are absolutely out of their minds for trusting any of this biological material to be inside of them. It's just absolutely incredible. I don't know how anybody trusts fertility clinics at all after all the the news that have been coming out of the last couple of years. Oh, well, you know what they're doing now, right? What uh, they're accepting sperm from? What? Migrants? Or is it blood? No, actually, it's blood donations. What? From a certain community. What what community? One at a high risk for HIV AIDS. Oh. They weren't allowed to donate blood. Well, I, I, everybody's starting to wean off of the AIDS is going to kill you yeah, uh, thing. Yeah, AIDS, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. It makes, a, it makes everybody that ever theorized about what AIDS was from the beginning... Um, it makes it makes it uh, I feel strange, a lot it's a lot stranger now. Hey, you just take a pill and you get cured and you don't get AIDS now. It's crazy to see all of the HIV medication commercials and to see everybody you know you know I I hate medication commercials because it's it's always somebody mowing a lawn or having a barbecue and they're just feeling great but you know that they have some kind of wasting disease. Yeah, you know, it's like even though it's undetectable and all that, it's still in there. And if you don't take the medication, does it come back to life? You know what I mean? Because you have to stay on the shit that they they give you for that. If, I mean, you you just, who knows? But all I know is that the the medications now that are being the HIV ones that are being 
uh, advertised as almost preventatives. <laughs> preventatives, and it, it always comes with the it always comes with the advertising with the urging. Hey, you don't have to give up who you are. Or you don't have to give up who you are, and you know you can continue living your life the way that yeah, to blah blah blah. Continue going to glory holes every night, no worries. Ex- this is and this is the real crux of it. This is the real crux of it. Gay or straight, if you are not very promiscuous, you're not going to be getting sexually transmitted diseases. Certain kind of sex acts can lead to other types of damage and infections more than. Uh, you know, just natural heterosexual sex. There's a there's plenty of ways to hurt yourself. Um, but as far as sexually transmitted disease goes, when you when you put that all that messaging comes down to one thing: you should not stop tasting around wherever you can. You should not just do the uh, the uh, the grinder roulette on a Friday. Don't stop doing that. You should be able to express. It's all about expressing yourself and. The, the commercials are the way that this stuff is marketed it is such a mirror to the face of society sometimes to see people who are grilling in a commercial and knowing oh that person has HIV or that person is preventing HIV like what, what, what they have their clothes on and they're grilling right now they look very presentable what are they doing after exactly. what are they doing after yeah. the barbecue ends they should show it like yo hey look hey uh, I was <laughs> HIV positive but now I take this this and that now it's undetectable and then he goes to a glory hole or something or gets down on his the, knees the whole, glory the whole commercial should be at a glory did you see the thing I found and I sent you the other day someone said there's a fucking website for fucking glory holes. What do you mean? You can fucking Google like or whatever. Like there's like s- shit like this. There's shit like this for the sperm donations, but for glory holes. Uh, they're advertising locations where there are glory holes. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're in that scene, you usually know where the glory holes are. Well, I guess they get updated or moved every so often or something that they need to keep updating this. But they're advertising it. It's not advertised. I guess it's like the community. They're like, oh, here, there's a glory hole here, a glory hole there, here, a glory hole. Here, the here, glory hole, here, glory hole, everywhere, a glory hole. Hole McGlory. Oh, well. I, um, it's a crazy world. The donor that actually got us pregnant, he'd never been asked for money. He just shipped it. And he had an ice pack in there. He even put gloves and a syringe in there for us. Oh, how nice of him. How nice of him. No money. Just here you go. Take this. I'm going to put an ice pack in it with... I'm sure that it is, it's been properly preserved. Then again, she got pregnant twice, though it didn't take. Um, in 2017, her donor had fathered 87 people. 87 children. Now she speculates he has over 200 offspring. It's probably like another Charles Manson. You watch. He's so nice. He's probably H.H. Holmes. <laughs> He's so nice. Oh, gosh. What a circus. Yeah, shit's fucked up, man. Lesbian couple in Ohio looking for a black donor for our third child. AI only? Shipping as last resort? What does AI mean? They should uh, go uh, look up the uh, the Glory Hole location site. They'll probably get a donor. They probably just uh, scrape off the wall or something. 
sure there's ropes all over the place. Yeah, no, man. So they, this is where it's all going to, ladies and gentlemen. This is where it's all heading. If you if you were wondering just how crazy it's still going to get. Just how crazy. All right, let's see if we have a couple more super chats. Uh, Sentinel from Theta says, Great nostalgia night. We love the family. And Tony made the Theta folks talk about great records and the sound of a record dropping on the turntable. Can you play that sound? Uh, thanks. Great show. Uh, J- uh, Katie Sky waves. Gave everybody a, a wavy hand. Hello, Katie. Hope you're having a good time out there. Jay Britz says, Frank, always enjoy Tony Black and your mom. Great show. And hey, Matt. Meow. I'm I'm not a cat. That that face you just made. What? After you said I'm not a cat. Because I'm not. I just proved that Tim's a cat. I'm not a cat. Tim's a lion. Well, Lions have all. He's the, a feline. They, they have all the same tendencies. You're right. You're right. I'm uh, yeah. I'm more. I'd be like either a badger or a wolverine if I was an animal hybrid. Uh, Jay Semo says, great week, cheers. That's from the Rumble Rants. Thank you so much, Jay. I do I do attest to that. It was a great week. Let's take another call. All right. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Who's this? Great week, cheers. Hey, pal, how you doing? I'm doing well. You hear me? Yes, I, I can. I got it on speaker and everything going and a fan running. Hold no, 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 no. Take, you take, know, it's me. No, take it off speaker, John. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. That's better. Okay, John, what's How's on your that? mind? Can you hear me now? Yes, go ahead. See, the only problem is I can't hear you on speaker, but that's all right. Hey, did you see my speech on the Zozo show did you two weeks ago? No, I did not. It, it went viral. Oh. Well, no, it didn't. <laughs> hey, I love Tony Black. I think he's cool. And uh, Frank, I love you, man. And hey, Matt, hey, later on. Bye. That's it? Oh, well, and the wife says hello, too, and stuff. Oh, and, hey, uh, John. Thanks for uh, putting Zozo on the air. Hey, you know what, John? Uh, congrats. I can't hear you because I ain't on speaker, so I can't even hear you. Well, Put you back on speaker. Fuck you. I, no, did I say that? I did. I'm gone. You just know. put the phone to your I ear, John. Without it. Put the phone to your I ear. The other thing. Who okay. knows? I'm all good. All right. Well, thanks, John. <laughs> I, I can't. I. <laughs> I was going to congratulate him once again for marrying up. We heard such great things about his wife, um, but he couldn't. He, I, I don't understand that. He obviously was not listening to anything we were saying. He was just holding the receiver up to his mouth. Anyway, anyway, let's take another call. Three one four, you're on the air. Frank. Yes. Who's this? Wow. You always pick up when I'm just about to hang up. Oh, okay. <laughs> just about to give up. Uh, yeah, Who's this? He's taking my call. Uh, what was you going to say, man? What do you want? A, you want an egg in your beer? A little sea salt? You want an egg in your beer? So who is this? Who am I speaking with? Oh, it's Patrick. Patrick, yeah. welcome to the show. Okay. So what's on your mind, yeah, Patrick? Well, thank you. Oh, Tony Black, you reminded my dad. Uh, you were talking about the Korean War where, like, he was uh, drafted but not deployed. My dad's the same age. He's dead, though. Like, he'd be 1929, my dad. But uh, I, I give a shout-out to what happened to him was the same with Tony because he had, like, uh, brothers that went into World War II, maybe didn't come back, right? So they probably saved little mother's grief on Tony's 
Tony's mother? Well, that's what they did to my dad, and he couldn't figure it out. And uh, he's he's pissed off. He's pulled off a plane twice. He's ready to go south of France. Ready to go. Pulled off the, the fucking plane. So embarrassing. He's like, what the fuck? Twice. Pardon my French. Sorry about that. And uh, I was talking to him about it. And he said, you know, I figured it out later because my dad, uh, his brother, was killed in World War II, right? Uh, Uncle Harold there battled the bulge. I was named after my middle name anyway. And the other guy was a, a flamethrower in fucking Japan, and he lost his mind. They won the war, and he, he did his duty. He ended up like two years in uh, some psych ward in Japan before he came home. So they wanted to save, I think my his mother, my grandmother, was from Greece. So I, I don't know. I just It just reminded me of that. He, you know what he did and, uh, for about four years in south of France? He, he coached a little like baseball, just like you. Well, Patrick, you know, I, I think you, you think what you what you bring up there is is something that we don't really talk. And thank you for the call. I'm mean, happy that. Well, it's not really happy thoughts when you think about war and. I'm a veteran myself, dude. But I, you but, know, uh, what 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 you? What, I did my own. Yeah, well, what you're talking about there with your your uncle, your uh, fathers, and your great grandfathers, everybody in in World War II, especially those who, you know, it, it, a lot of the more recent wars. When I say mo- modern wars, like from Vietnam on, those are the wars we really start getting a little bit more into the the mental, uh, the mental tolls of people coming back, you know. Um, but war has always been the same level of brutality throughout the years. You have to imagine all all the uh, the PTSD, undiagnosed PTSD, and all the year, and all the things that it's been called over the years, from shell shock to battle fatigue, and all this stuff, things that just were not talked about that much, even before all the 20th century wars. Like you think about all the, all the the, the mental issues, of people who you know fought in, in the war between the states, things like that. Even Revolutionary War veterans were probably waking up in the middle of the night and still hearing the cannons and. It's uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, actually, I don't know, cause back then there was, that's all they knew was war. Yeah, you it, know it, what I mean. It was expected that like either they're gonna die in a war or die. I wonder if there's anybody talking. Again, it's just one of those things where it, it does tie into culture. What is spoken about a lot more? Uh, what is uh, becoming or unbecoming of somebody to, to, really, to really dwell on? It's always good to have, you know, um, people that experience it with you to be able to share the days and, and have your... I know that my, grand, my grandparents' generation had plenty of conversations about what went on out there in hushed tones with people who were there and didn't really bring anybody else into it. And that's just the, the way it was. But it, it, it takes a lot more center stage now these days. Mm-hmm. It does. So it makes you wonder, you know, we don't really have a lot to compare it to. And it, it it'll, only, it'll almost trick people into thinking that uh, combat veterans that return home from any war in, you know, wars of antiquity, it tricks you into thinking that PTSD just wasn't a thing because it's, it's such a, a modern conversation that is had. But... Um, all right, let's go. Uh, that's it for tonight, everybody. I'm I'm happy that we were able to hang out together. Sea to Shining Sea says, about the Peru story, please look into the government in the Philippines fighting with the local tribes. So they had people dress up like mythical creatures, and the tribe believe 
in the, that, that, that the tribe believe in to scare them. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, to think about, uh, hey, under their feet were discs and they were hovering. I start thinking about drone technology. You think about drone technology and any kind of a, any kind of a high, a, a, I don't know, a, a th- any kind of 3D projection, holographic projections that can come up from something, uh, some kind of a base that is, um, that is manned, unmanned flight. But then they say that there was a creature that actually physically latched on to the 15 or 14 year old girl and left slash marks on her neck. So I can see if you are firing a shotgun at something that in in reality is a hologram, but it doesn't seem like that to you. Yeah, the 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 shotgun the the blasts are are going right through it. And you might think that this thing is impervious to our weapons. So I don't know. It could be a whole bunch of chicanery and nonsense. But we'll have a nice little talk about it with Timothy on Tuesday because I have other things I want to bring up. Other theories about what the whole UFO thing could be leading up to. Could this be a precursor to an invasion of Earth by heavenly armies? Is this a precursor to what is, uh, is going to be the second coming? That's an interesting one. I saw a thread from Donnie Darkened on, on Twitter. I want to bring that up. It's in a few weeks. What? The end of the world. Oh, that's right. Matt said it's in a few weeks. Well, no, there's, well, Tupac's coming back this August the 13th, and then August 23rd will be when Trump's uh, reinserted as president. Right. And then in September, the world's going to end anyways. I had an email, and this is what I'm going to bring up with, one of the things I'm going to bring up with Timothy is that I, I, and I'm going to bring this up with Sean Morton too, because he is a, he is a guy that has dealt in prophecy for many years. I had somebody in the audience who claims to be a lifelong UFO contactee, and uh, I, I went and Google searched her. She's actually had pieces, you know, things done, written on her in the LA, LA Times and things like that. She got in touch with me after a long while, last week or the week before, and said, Frank, I need you to know this, September 25th, 2025, that is the day of the rapture. So I'm putting that out there. Only God knows. I, uh, perhaps. Perhaps he does, and I've heard that too. But it, it, it's just something that we can put on our calendars. Something we can put on our calendars. So I'm going to run it by I, a few people. I'm going to run it by you some. You know what? I just, I think starting now, I'm, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to stop paying my bills. If we're going to die in two years, I'm not paying for anything ever again. You're right. What happened in September 26th when you say, uh-oh? I'll just go back to work. <laughs> I'll be back to work on September 27th. Believe you me. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out with us tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Stow Stoop just said, excellent Friday chill session. Thank you, Frank, Matt, Tony, Mama, Frank. Uh, needed this wonderful way to end a great week of best independent media. Have a great weekend. Much love. Send out to Quite Frankly and all the Franklies. I appreciate you guys out there in Massachusetts. In fact, Lauren's going to be in Massachusetts tomorrow. I have a lot of things to oversee here in New York. Um, Maybe, you just don't know, but maybe tomorrow afternoon I'll actually go live for a strange Saturday afternoon stream. You just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with the the latter half of my day. With no family around. I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Well, if you want to hang out. My girl's not around. If you want to hang out, I'll be around. 
we can. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be. I hope it's a nice day, because then I can just do nothing sitting outside. Go to seventy six house. Seventy six house. Eat some venison. Oh yeah. Um. Who knows? It might be a venison night, ladies. Tony is supposed to hang out with me, so I don't know. So maybe he'll be around, but I doubt it. Well, maybe he'll come around and we'll all see him. Yeah. I know Mike's out of town tomorrow. I don't know what Anthony's doing. He's probably out with his girl. He said he's not doing anything. Well, who knows? Then maybe Tony will surprise the world. Maybe we'll come and do a show over here, impromptu. I don't know. Thank you all for a great week. Thank you all to all the guests that have been on. And I can't wait to come back on Monday and do it all over again. It should be great. I think Brooks Agnew is going to be. No, no, not Brooks Agnew. Who's coming on this Monday? Brooks Robinson. Oh, Monday we're going to be doing a little bit of the deer scene. So we'll be able to split that up with some whatever news from the weekend and other topics are coming on. And, uh, and yeah, away we go. Thank you to everybody. Talk to you soon. Good night. Thanks again, Matt. Thank you, Francis. Bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatters. Thank you to all of our wonderful friends on the foxhole over there on quitefrankly.tv. Very generous, loving people. I'm releasing the scratching. That's right. And please go to quitefrankly.tv and... Get all cozied up in the chat room there as the weekend roundup is about to begin. Thank you to everybody on Rumble. We've got a couple of great people there. We've got uh, Jay Semo. Jay Semo and Sea to Shining Sea. Thank you to Stostube, Jay Brits, Katie Sky, The Sentinel from Theta, Shotzi, and away we go into the weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Become a sponsor, ladies and gents. We'll see you soon.